0: All right, everyone! So excited to have an amazing guest today on the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass podcast and now YouTube channel, which is cool too. So we got that. So Rob, I don't know if you knew this, but your ugly mug is going to be on YouTube. So you may hurt your your ratings and your your subscribers if once you actually see your face in person. So
1: hey, better than to catch a predator.
0: <laughs> well, baby steps. You got to work your way up, right? Got to have goals and aspirations. Got to dream big, right? How you doing this morning, man? As you're as you're taking a sip of your coffee, how you doing this morning? Really good,
1: man. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. I'm I'm been looking forward to this just to uh, have the experience.
0: So, yeah, me too. On. Me me too. So you and I, I think we met on Facebook first, right? Because normally all my guests come from LinkedIn. You're a little bit different, but I will share that story. So actually, before I ramble on, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself in your military career, which is still active? And then we'll kind of get into who you are, what you do, and how you work with other veteran entrepreneurs to help them just basically kick ass. So why don't you kind of brag about yourself for a minute, brother?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, could have been Facebook, LinkedIn, Grinder. You know, who knows? People <laughs> meet each other in all kinds of strange ways. Yeah, I'm an Air Force reservist uh, in a combat operations unit uh, out of Riverside. I'm a master sergeant now, so an E-7, the equivalent of a Navy chief. I've been in service for about 23 years, did five active, and then about six years ago, I made the plunge and became my own boss. Uh, After about a decade of technical writing, I decided that I wanted to do visibility slash PR, and um, I've been growing it ever since. I launched my own magazine called Shift Advanced Life Design, which has been going on for about six years also currently I just do media outreach, press releases, uh, business articles and social media cultivation and help people become business celebrities.
0: Awesome. So that was a lot in 30 seconds. So you are still in the air force now you said, so tell tell me about how you kind of made that decision to still be in the reserves and be an entrepreneur at the same time.
1: Yeah. So I, I, uh, got out to go to grad school and moved to San Diego in about Oh two. And, um, I really enjoyed the structure of the air force. I enjoyed, um, the camaraderie, and of course, the uh, the luxury accommodations that they afford us uh, as opposed to the other peasants and the other branches. So I ended up uh, looking up reserve units and I joined in 05 and I was a senior airman. The, the cool thing about the reserves is that you get a lot more flexibility and it's really good for entrepreneurs because you can kind of work your schedule around what you're going to do. You get partial retirement, you get healthcare for like 90 bucks a, a month and like dental for like 11 and then you get a paycheck, you can take on assignments. You know, I did a 6 month in Qatar a couple of years ago. I have no complaints, man. The reserves has been amazing. It's different for everybody, though.
0: That's awesome. No, I appreciate you sharing that because I know some some veterans wrestle with that. Like, should you stay in the reserves? Should you just cut it clean and, and roll out? So I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's finding something that works best for you. And it sounds like you've you found something that works for you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different animal. And the biggest thing to remember is that you have a lot more flexibility over your career in the sense that when you join a reserve unit, you're dedicated to that unit. You just do your regular, you know, if you're a traditional reservist and there's a couple of iterations, you do your one week in a month and two weeks in the summer, and then you can pick and choose assignments as you wish. You can take on volunteer assignments all, all day long. Uh, they're, they're always uh, available. And then um, in my own case, there's opportunities for cross-training. So I'm currently an Air Battle Systems Manager uh, called a One Charlie Five, but I've been sent to school for Air Force Data Links. So it's kind of like computer engineering for military systems. It pays about 130, 140 on the outside. If I ever wanted to go that route, so there's a lot of additional benefits. You also get a secondary GI Bill, and I use that uh, to finish my doctorate in education. And it's just uh, overall, there's there's a lot of benefits to it. And you also have a functional cat reader, so you know shop on any base on Earth. So.
0: It's awesome. So you're actually not just Rob, you're Dr. G. You have your doctorate. Technically, yeah. Uh, Technically. Well, hopefully, technically, personally, professionally, every way, e, you've got it, man, which is cool. I'm a firm believer in the concept of knowledge is power. And the more education you have, the more you're empowered and the more you can do with your life personally and or professionally. So especially being a venture entrepreneur, there's only so much bandwidth and time during the day. And you can only know so much. So how did you come to the decision point that you wanted to take the plunge of being an entrepreneur yourself?
1: I'll shoot you straight, man. Cause you, you and I know each other for a while and you're, you're a no BS kind of dude. Um, I'm too crazy to work for anybody. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, I have a wild creative streak. I have a, uh, an almost lethal amount of ADD flowing through my, my body at any given time. And it's just very, it was very hard for me to sit in a cubicle and to not get paid what I was worth. And in a lot of cases, work for people that were not um, the greatest leaders. And so finally, I just realized like, hey, you're a self-starter. You're very creative. You're very motivated. Um, Why not just create your own company, cultivate your skills, build them up, and then get paid what you're worth? Because in entrepreneurship, this is what people forget. There's no income cap. You don't have to crawl into your boss's office every year and beg for a 1% and 2% raise uh, and go over your performance reports and all this dumb BS. And entrepreneurship, literally, I mean, you have to make up everything. So that's also something you have to consider. You have to completely create your schedule. um, You have to build up your business. You have to, you know, figure out all these facets of it. But you can make as much money as you want to, which is wild. Most people cannot fathom that.
0: a 100%. And when when you were going down that path, when you were originally thinking of saying, "Okay, corporate America is nice, it's been fun, I got that t shirt, I'm ready to go another direction," was where you are today. Which you said you did this about five years ago, six years ago, is where you are today. Where you originally thought you were going to be when you first considered entrepreneurship. So, how was your your mindset? What were you thinking your business was going to be when you wanted to start your own? And then, how did that Base, kind of turn into where you are today?
1: It evolved into the current iteration. And I never, I never set out and said, oh, I'm gonna do PR, I'm gonna do visibility. It was more like, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, I'm gonna focus on something that I enjoy doing, and I'm gonna pick a niche that matches my personality. Uh, I like shooting video, I like reaching out to people, I like um, doing something that has a meaningful and violent effect on people's lives in a good way. And so that's how it eventually, it it was crazy because it was like stacking bricks in the foundation. So I just started off originally in the early days, just teaching how to get on podcasts. I was like, okay, this is how you get on podcasts, cultivate your story, the pitch, the reach out, blah, blah, blah. And then it expanded a little bit. I started a magazine. I was like, okay, oh, now I have an asset, a magazine asset that I can sell advertising for. I can uh, get clients and give them their first interviews in a lot of cases, which becomes a stepping stone to other interviews. Um, and then after the magazine, I taught myself how to do press releases. So now I have this new skill that I learned from like reading books off Amazon and now I can charge a bunch of money to write press releases and and get people global coverage for their businesses. And then I got, um, I started signing up for writing jobs with like medium and Newsbreak, and then I can do LinkedIn articles. So now I have three ways to write articles about people. All this stuff made me a deadly visibility person in the sense that most PR agencies only focus on either media outreach or press releases like they've only got one or two skill sets i'm clocking about seven which is why my my model is pretty good
0: awesome and i appreciate you clarifying and kind of walking us down that path and it just came from it sounds like from who you are okay i want to do this but oh here's something that can help with that and here's something so it's not settling correct you have a natural tendency for self-improvement, self-growth, so you can provide a better product not only for yourself, but for your paying clients. That's what I'm feeling when I hear you speak.
1: I'm really into self-learning. Uh, it's called autodidactic learning, which is when you teach yourself. And Edison, Ford, there are a lot of people throughout history that are autodidactic learners and admit they learn, learn by doing. I failed out of high school and I failed out of two colleges and because of my ADD. I almost failed out of my Air Force Tech school. And when I was in my 20s, I realized my learning style was a lot more hands-on. I realized that I learned better if I could draw diagrams and use colors and shapes. And once I isolated that in my late 20s, I started realizing, wait, there are better ways to learn things than just sitting in a classroom. And that works for a lot of people. And that's cool, but I'm not a lot of people. So with using self-learning, I isolated like 16 different speed learning techniques. My last book I wrote was on speed learning. Okay. Uh, so I taught myself how to self-publish. I taught myself how to make a magazine. I taught myself how to do press releases. Like everything I've done, I've never had school for. I, I just literally said, "That's a skill set I'd like to learn. I have a passion for it, and that's what's going to make it happen." So yeah, self-learning is awesome.
0: Nah, I think it's I think it's amazing, and you and I are similar. I think you're probably more intense than me with it. And when I started my own shop, I built my own career when I was W two working in wealth management, financial services, 100% referral based. I built a couple of relationships with some phenomenal individuals that had their corporations, had corporate relationships with my firm. And primarily they were, they were payroll companies, ADP and paychecks. They would go out and sell companies payroll and they had a 401k army that would come and sell them 401k. And then they would refer me to the 401k. And I just got to know the reps and, and that's how my business started. And it wasn't until I went independent I realized I didn't want what was just given to me. I wanted to go out and start working with certain companies. And then I realized I had zero sales skills, (laughs) zero sales skills. And and, because I just sat there with my hand out for years and whatever they gave me, like, sure, this is great. This is I'm a, a phenomenal salesman. Look at all this stuff I'm doing. I never had to sell anything. It was literally given to me. And then I had a huge moment of humble pie where I professionally and personally, I blew couple hundred thousand dollars that I had saved in real estate, liquidated some real estate in Vegas when I started my shop to have some capital, invested that in marketing. And I learned very slowly, unfortunately, the hard way that marketing is not sales. And marketing companies are happy to take your money to, oh, we're going to do this, 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 this. And you think it sounds great just because your brand's out there and they're Sharing information about you doesn't mean you are closing sales and bringing revenue and driving cash flow. So, humbly, I was destroyed and I blew a couple hundred grand big lesson in, in business and failure that I did not have sales skills. And then I started immersing myself like you. I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf right here. I've got a ton of sales books and just reading, 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 and getting sales coaches and then trying different ones and, and hearing different perspectives. And right now, I don't mind sharing. I have a sales coach, and I do pay them each month, and they help me with that skill set still because it's a lifelong process to to get good at it. Especially in in my world as a financial advisor, throw my professional hat on. Initially, you are taught to talk at people and impress them with your knowledge. So, if I wanted you as a client, I would say, "Rob, oh, do you know blah blah blah,", blah and I just start spewing jargon at you to wow you with how smart I am to hopefully win you over like, wow, this guy's smart. I want him to manage my money, him or her to manage my money. And then I realized that is the worst thing you can do in sales is just sit there and talk at someone versus having a genuine, curious conversation with someone. So when you just shared about your mindset and what you do and you found a gap And you realize you have a skill gap and you need to close that skill gap and you're willing to do it yourself and you have the mental aptitude and skill set to learn. You know how to learn. You've taught yourself. That's why I think one thing about college and you can tell me if you agree, I don't care where the hell you go. The purpose of college is to teach you how to teach yourself to learn. So if you can get that done at community college or an Ivy league school or this or that, once you know how to learn, you can teach yourself anything and have any skill set to do anything you want anywhere on the one at any, any time. So that's what I think about education. So a bit of a bondification kind of going back and forth, but looking at building a skill set. If you're an entrepreneur, there will be skill sets that you have, skill sets that you're lacking. The sooner you can recognize a skill set that you're lacking, the sooner than you realize you either hire someone that has that skill set to help you if you've got the capital and the cash flow to do it, or you have to learn yourself right? So as, I'm sorry, I'm kind of just taking over a little bit and chatting. This is your podcast, but this is good because you're triggering me and it shows that we're similar in nature. So as we're chatting, what thoughts are going through your mind?
1: So first of all, thank you for that. That was brilliant. And you just touched on a couple of things that pe- we're going to give some really good lessons today. So the first thing that I would I would emphasize for entrepreneurs, because they have to ask themselves, is it worth investing time to learn this? And should I bring in an expert? Because that's, that's always the weighted question. Okay. And then the, the secondary question is, is education or experience more important? You and I are both veterans and we both know the, you know, the old adage of junior officers that come fresh out of college, zero experience, trying to tell a chief what to do, you know, and trying to, trying to, you know, something they read in a textbook that they think is going to make the boat run better, you know, for Navy, Navy stuff. I find that it's, that both are valuable in their own way. It is good to be educated. It is good to have some sort of formal, formal education system so that you know how to write properly. So you know how to compose thought, you know, to critically um, uh, analyze things, you know, uh, fact check things, verify stuff like that. That's what college is good for. You know, I'm not the brightest dude, even with a PhD, I'm not the brightest dude out there, but I can research like a savage. And that's, that's what I feel the greatest thing a, a PhD program did for me. And plus, unbelievable amounts of persistence. So when you're going back and you're thinking okay let's say there you know there's there's 20 skills an entrepreneur can learn but at the end of the day they only need to know three or four of them. They need to know the things they can do that are in their zone of genius that you know naturally flows. They need to know the things that will save them time but they also need to know when something is over their head or it's going to take an inordinate amount of time that they can task out. Like you said, hire an expert. For example, I don't need to know coding. I don't need to update my website all the time. I can hire somebody really, really smart for not a lot of money to get the job done very, very quickly, where I don't have to read coding books and practice and all the stuff. Um, press releases naturally synth- synth- synthesized with me because I write a lot. And all I had to do was learn a little bit of formatting. I got that online. I got about seven books off Amazon just to get better at it. I read one today um and that was something i like doing i like doing press releases genuinely because it it lets me tell stories certain skills should be learned and certain ones should be should be hired out to experts for sure um and it just you got to ask yourself okay what's the time cost benefit of this can i hire someone as a force multiplier for this skill can i teach this skill to somebody and just take it off my plate
0: with that point, I think one key factor for any entrepreneur, especially a new entrepreneur, is cash flow. Yeah. Right. So if you don't have the cash flow to bring in a sales coach and pay them a thousand bucks a month, but you've got 20 bucks to buy a book on Amazon and read it and reread it and maybe then email the author and hey, what about this? And what about that? And and connect with them on LinkedIn and start following them and then seeing what they post. And so Throw cash flow into that decision tree that you just mentioned.
1: So you're completely right because there's there's think of it as a ladder. At the bottom of the ladder is self learning DIY autodidactic. That means YouTube videos. It means Google books. It means like you know freeware stuff you can access on the internet. Whatever for self learning. Uh, maybe you have some experts in your network that'll let you pick their brain. Uh, and then and the middle of the ladder is done with you where you can, you can join a, a group, a mastermind, uh, you know, some type of, of uh, collaboration, group Zoom call from some expert. And then at the top of that ladder, the more pricier stuff is the plan where somebody's doing some stuff for you, like a custom plan, uh, especially in the sales realm. So you can read some sales books, read some marketing books, get a little more cash flow, and then you join a mastermind. And then you start getting some real ideas from heavy hitters. And then your cash flow should increase if the mastermind's worth its salt. And then at that point, you do what you did: hire an expert that's obviously probably got case results and, and studies, and, and you know has, has can show that they're worth the money. And then you should be optimizing your cash flow if you're at the top of that ladder.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a. It depends where you are, and the the visual I like to use is the U, yeah, or more like a J. It's actually a J. So you start on the end of the J. And that's that's the level line, that zero line, that's break even. And when you're an entrepreneur, hopefully you've got some savings, and that's why I sold some real estate to have cash flow. And then you actually drop down because you're spending more than is coming in as you start your business. And then if you're implementing and having some success execution, you're going to have failures. Eventually, you hit bottom, and then you start getting ROI on your efforts, and then hopefully your marketing leads to trust and likability. And helps you start building relationships, because once you, depending what you're selling, depending what you're selling. But if you're professional services, you're really selling yourself, because whatever we do is commoditized, and the only difference is you. So, how do you differentiate yourself, and how do you build trust? How do you earn someone's respect? Because the, the day in my world, in our world, as a financial advisor, and we're dealing with you have a million dollars. Let's say you got a million dollars. Like, why would you ever trust someone like me to manage it for you? So you have to have that feeling of trust and likeability. And I, I throw a respect in there, especially the, being a veteran. That's a huge thing for me because I'm incredibly loyal. So I kind of look for that. And I, as I build, I, I was having a conversation, sorry, I, epiphany kind of shot in my mind. I was chatting with one of the veterans in our group, the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass, which I want you to come to. I know you're busy, but I still want you to come to it one day. And he and I were chatting and I was talking about my business and my clients. And I, I love my clients. My clients are effing awesome. they're just good people. One or two get in my nerves once in a while, but most are phenomenal good people, and that's just any relationship and my my one buddy I was chatting with him, very successful attorney, and just made partner in his firm, which is great, and he's like, "I don't like my clients. <laughs> they pay his bills, but he's like, i want to get I want to bring in my clients, not ones that the firm kind of had him manage and build relationships, but he wants to go get clients like him and I, yeah, dude." That's huge. Like, let's do that shit together. And so we have a similar target target market. So having clients that are that fit with you, not just paying the paying the bills, is one part. You know, ultimately, yes, you need cash flow. And sometimes you'll take something. I my my analogy I like to use, and I'm, I'm gonna ask you your thoughts on this. When you're first starting out, you got to get something in some cash flow. And I, my analogy I use, I use goldfish, I use salmon, and I then there's whales. So, get some little goldfish in just to tide you over to go out fishing, right? And you go out fishing, throw some salmon in the boat, catch some salmon a little bit bigger, a little more meat to them. They'll tide you over longer. So, when you go out whale hunting or whale fishing, as if hunting, as whale hunting, when you go out hunting for whales. You've got the salmon to sustain you. So it's kind of a different different tiers. You know, you get once you get that certain level of sustainability, which in that J, which is coming out of the break-even point, you're coming up, you can eat a little bit better and and you can you can have a lo- little better of a lifestyle. You can maybe get rid of that 10-year-old car and get a new car or go from the one bedroom rented apartment to buying a condo, a two bedroom condo somewhere. So what are your kind of thoughts on that just as you're you're building your brand, your experience level, and your cash flow slowly comes up. You know, my analogy I use again: goldfish to salmon that sustain you as you go get whales. What are your thoughts on that?
1: There are two things that get you. First of all, that's a brilliant analogy. You really got me thinking on some stuff today. Um, that's why we're here, dude. So there are two things that'll get you to climb that ladder fast. The first one is how strong is your brand? You know how how strong is your is your brand perception? How good are your graphics? How good are your is your presentation to the world? And the second thing is results. So when you've got those, when you've got those goldfish, what you're really doing, or what you really should be doing, this is the foot stomp for the audience paying attention to this, is you should be working on providing the best results you possibly can at those lower levels. And I'm gonna tell you, Brett, in 2023, I did something kind of wacky. I took on about four new clients, not for a lot of money either. These were smaller clients that were like early stage business, mid-stage business, whatever, that all trusted me. And I worked from probably 3 a.m. to 6 p.m. for about four or five days a week on just them for results. And I've gotten the best results I've ever gotten for clients on that schedule, but I also got better. What I was doing is getting OJT. I was getting out in the battlefield and and just learning and and getting new skills and, and understanding like, hey, how do i get better at what i'm doing because at the end of the day when you can provide results for what you're doing you will stand out when you're consistent and you're throwing out these great testimonials and these client success stories you can charge more than your competition you don't have to you don't have to uh, negotiate with people anymore and for that lawyer that has these terrible clients he's not thrilled with the answer is to widen the net Because when you become famous and you start getting more interviews and you start being able to put up hot fire social media graphics and you start being able to celebrate your results with quantifiable figures, you know, and in your case, it would be like, oh, I helped this client to get this amount in this amount of time, or I helped this client get out of this tax issue, or I helped them to sell their business or whatever. And you tell these stories, you create FOMO in other people, and you create this incredible brand perception where people look and say, oh. I need to get with Brett. He, he's on top of it. He's celebrating his clients. This is a guy that knows what he's doing. Because at the end of the day, in the in the PR world and the marketing world, there's a lot of people out there that can brag all day long about the, the the results, but they can't show anything on paper. I wish I'd have known you before you'd have met these marketing people because I would have taken one tenth of what you spent. I would have gotten you on TV. I would have written you a bunch of articles. I would have, I would have, like created a, a crazy social media campaign. All this different stuff, and the, the the complete atmosphere would have been different for you versus flushing money for some marketer that you probably want want to kidnap right now.
0: It's all good, but I survived, and you learn, right? It's a learning process, and I can now right share on. that story, right? It is, and it I'm probably still carrying that loss forward, so that's. <laughs> this is what it is dude you learn and that makes me better and i love to sh- i don't love but i have that lesson <laughs> there's a fortune lesson but i have the lesson i could share that lesson though so for me more than anything i've always loved the teaching aspect i'm if you can't i have hence i'm on a podcast this is what the podcast is is teaching and, and i'm a bit of a ham right and so it for me it's personally rewarding it makes me feel good when i can help someone and so if i can take my lessons and share them with someone so they get to A to B faster. For me, selfishly, that makes me feel good. We had a conference. Actually, when I tried to have lunch with you, so I saw your post, like, hey, we're out here. You you and, and some other veteran, you said, come meet us. And you were the only one that showed up. Well, I'll share. Like I tried to reach out to you. I tried to see you in San Diego. You were too busy for me, but I tried to make time for you I when think I you was there. You gave down me like there. an hour window. Too. I, well, I had well, at least I gave you an hour. I made time. That was a packed schedule, dude. Like we were going. We were on the midway. Like we did a yeah. live stream on the midway. We had all the stuff as a pack conference. I still made time to see you. So hey, I tried I, to see you. I
1: appreciate you reaching out. I tried to see you. Uh, it's just tough sometimes with scheduling.
0: So it's it's just it's just what this is. It's so when we were in San Diego, which made me think of you, there was a generationologist, I guess, is what his title is, and he goes with the different generations. And so, how how old are you? If you mind me asking? Forty-seven. Okay, we're the same age. I'm forty-seven too. So I think your are you seventy-six in it, and that makes that makes sense. So I'm forty-seven as well. And one of the main things this generationologist shared is that the millennials are still in the Google cool, conquer. Phase. So when in your 20s and 30s, you're trying to go out and conquer everything, and you're making mistakes, and you're learning, and then there's a, a slight shift, and it happens to many of us in our early to mid-40s, where you're no longer just trying to conquer the world, but you've had some success, and you've had many failures when you were out conquering, and now you have wisdom, and you can share that wisdom with the younger ones that don't have that experience yet or wisdom and that haven't learned the lessons you have the hard way. And so that's where you and I are now in a, a position and I've failed dramatically the last five years. I, I could tell you some sob stories that would make your, your uh, eyes water, but you just don't stop. You keep going, you keep driving, you've got grit and just failure is not an option. Right. And so you'll learn from those failures. Even though people are trying to hold you down, kick you, punch you, While you're down there, you just smile and you keep getting up and you keep driving on. You know, ABP, Alpha, Bravo, Papa, always be positive. You never, never change your mindset and you can never turn negative or dark. You just got to keep going.
1: The two things that come to mind when you talk about business wisdom that I've learned the first one is fire your shit clients. And I wish everybody would follow this and realize it is a big blue ocean. There's plenty of people out there with money. I've, I've, fired two clients and it felt amazing. The amount of pressure lifted off my shoulders was almost infinite and it was almost overnight. And one time I had to write a check for like 2,200 bucks to make them go away and I was so happy to do it because it, had, it, had, it was a $550 million company and all it was, was me dealing with somebody who was telling me it was it was a project to make them a magazine for their business. And they put some guy who'd been a waiter three months before in charge of me who's like 27 with no experience in the magazine industry. I have six years. I've won a business award. I know some stuff. He wanted like 40 hours of unpaid work. He wanted all these changes made. He was a terrible communicator. He was a real asshole. And finally, after about a month and a half of his demands, including him going back and altering the proposal that I'd sent uh, to the CEO, I finally uh, told him I'm writing a check for the unpaid balance. Uh, I'm I'm walking out of this. If you contact me again, you're going to hear from my attorney. And I never heard from them again. That check hurt, Brett. It hurt me. And I was so happy afterwards. So that was one case. And in another case, I'd worked with this guy. Oh, my God. He didn't do a single thing I'd ever asked him to do. He was all, he would just disappear for weeks at a time. He call me from unlisted numbers and then he would like just complain like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, I haven't gotten the results. I wanted blah, blah, blah. Anytime I would send him any type of, of direction or guidance, uh, he would just ignore it. And he wondered why he never got any results. And I can, I can say this. Uh, I just looked him up recently and he'd been arrested a second time for a crime in his city and there was drug paraphernalia also found. Uh, and it was a nice picture of him in his orange jumpsuit. So I guess he did get the coverage that he deserved.
0: Wow. Wow. So karma's a bitch, right? Karma's a bitch. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so you get to a point, you get to a point. Yes, you got those goldfish and maybe you don't want to eat those goldfish, but those goldfish sustain you and you eat your humble pie and you get to a certain point where just like, you know, we have a minimum fee and and it's here. And I'm sorry, this is going to work with me. You got to. This is where we are now.
1: Say that again and explain it for the okay. audience. Minimum fee.
0: Yeah. So if someone wants to work with you, you have a minimum number, and you set that, and you and you hard it's a
1: filter it, is what it is. It is a price point, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this no. is really important. You cannot buy a Maserati with coupons. And even in the early days, you have to set a high brand standard and you have to understand anytime you start discounting your stuff to make a sale, anytime you start negotiating with somebody, forget it. It's a race to the bottom and you're going to attract the worst shit clients. And what you said was so freaking smart, a minimum price just to get in the door. And if they don't like it once in a while, if somebody is my dream client and I know I can do something with them, I will offer a payment plan once in a while, not every time.
0: Now, with that, what I've learned Cause my, my price point for our, if I throw my professional hat for a second, not a plug, but just this is reality in business. So my, my technician hat where I am an expert and I will go up against anyone in the country is as a 401k consultant. And so looking at a company's retirement plan to make sure the investments are top notch and the employees have good education, like that's where I thrive. And I do that stuff literally in my, in my sleep and I love doing it. And so my fee is, is quite high. Uh, compared to a lot of my competition. And I'll even share, uh, it, was, it was amazing going to the conference. We were at in in San Diego at the National you know, Napa, National Association of Planned Advisors annual conference, it's all 401k advisors. So it was pretty much myself and 3,000 of my competitors. My top competitors go to the each chair. And we just sit around the, the table and listen and learn and hear what people are saying and this and that. And, and people... Oh, with well, your fee, you got this and that. I got a benchmark and see what you're offering. Like, if you're talking about benchmark and you're m- making your fee compared to everyone else's, you're, what you're saying is you are everyone else. You're saying you are just a commodity. And I was sitting there like, and I was hearing what they were saying, what they were charging. I'm like, I, I charge quite a bit more than you, but I know I'm adding massive value that they're not. I'm not going to say what it is here on this platform, but... If you're in a commoditized industry, the difference is you. And you must be able to articulate why you are different and how you add more value than everyone else around you. If you cannot do that, you are, you are in the sea of sameness. So what's triggering your mind as I make that statement?
1: This is why I got into visibility. You're in a room with thousands of people, do pretty comparable to what you do. So how do you stand out? and how do you justify charging more? And so when I work with somebody, not to plug myself, but when I work with somebody, I take them from expert, which is everybody you're in the room with, right? To highly visible industry leader. And that, when you become, when you get on the fringes of business celebrity, that is where you can justify higher pricing. And there's two places where we can create the value that justify those those higher costs. The customer experience, are you reachable? are you fast are you efficient that's in the middle and then at the end the final result you know did your investments go well did you pick good companies did you you know did you provide timely communication every week and good communication with your clients you know can they reach you in a reasonable time frame so creating an optimal customer experience is very important you know what's the bread experience and then what's the brett result? And everybody should ask themselves that. So what's the Rob experience? Well, guess what? You're working with a friend, someone that doesn't throw jargon at you. He doesn't BS you and tell you, hey, you're going to be on Fox tomorrow if he can't do it. You know, what's the end result? Well, I can rack and stack and show every single you know result I've gotten for clients in 2023. It's pretty crazy by this point. If you're going to be better than other people, you need to have a unique value proposition that makes you stand out you need to be visible, you need to have interviews, you need to be creating content that is both advisory in nature and informative. And you also need to understand how to create content that is understandable by your audience. You are the leader, and I always say teacher industry. When I'm, when I'm working with a client or a professional, I'm like, what's a cool lesson you could put online that you could write a LinkedIn article about, that you can make a LinkedIn carousel, that you can do social media posts on, just digestible stuff. And then once a month, do what I call a demonstration of power, where you either take a person and make an example of them in a good way, or you teach a crazy lesson that only insiders in your industry know about. Um, demonstrations of power are very, very effective if you can capture them right visually and, uh, and and get a result out of it. So like once in a while, I'll pick somebody out of Vetpreneur Tribe, you know, the Facebook group that you and I are in, 16,000 vets, um, and, and they might not even know me. And I'll pitch them to every news station in their area. I'll do a complete breakdown of, hey, this is how I find all the media stations in your area. Uh, oh, yeah, I wrote you out five pitches today. You might be on the news, blah, blah, blah. But this is how I did it step by step. And that's the demonstration of power of the experience of working with you. And everybody watching this this uh, interview, they create their own demonstration of power, showing the, the experience of working with you. So that's how.
0: Ah, I think that's that's huge. And then so f- I'll let you plug yourself for a little bit here are so coming up on the 45-minute mark already. What is a Veteranure Tribe, and, and what does that do for you, and how has created that helped you in your business?
1: So Veteranour Tribe is owned by uh, U.S. Marine and Combat Vet Marshall Terran, and it's a 16,000-member Facebook group that's got a bunch of support resources um, to help veterans, whether they're transitioning, whether they're getting into business, or whether they have existing businesses to get better there's a kind of inner circle called the warrior council. That's very affordable, 50 bucks a month. I, I pay and I'm a member and, and every week I learn stuff from experts. Uh, it's a good way. It's like a, a formal mastermind that Marshall runs. Vetpreneur tribe have been in it since it had 20 members. So I've been a member for a long time and now I'm the official social comedia, media coordinator. So I create all the content for it and I, I host discussions and interviews and stuff, but it's definitely been, um, it's not my company, but it's brought a ton of value into what I'm doing. And I've, I've met a lot of great people, through it, and great experts. Um, as far as my own company, Shift Advanced Life Design, that's my magazine. That in itself was a great experience because I got to interview top performers. Uh, I've interviewed Delta Force, SEAL Team Six, um, Mike Michalowicz. I've interviewed Sean Kanin from Cobra Kai. Uh, all these different amazing people in business that are incredible performers. And I just, I, I asked myself when I started it and I said, what if Tim Ferriss made a magazine? Like, what would it really look like? And it's not a veteran magazine. It's a vet-friendly magazine. Uh, the staff is all Air Force veterans, but its it focuses more on people that really, really achieved at a high level and then reverse engineering how. what, are, What's their mindset? What's their you know, what's their, their, uh, pattern in the day? What's their itinerary? What makes a guy like, you see this here, Dale Comstock, who's in Delta Force, was a mercenary for a couple of years, who's on reality TV. He's a professional bodybuilder and martial artist. Uh, what makes a guy like him able to be his own boss, have multiple properties in multiple countries and live the life of his dreams? What is he doing differently that all of us, you know, aren't doing And that's why I love interviewing guys like him or Scott Oldford, who was a million dollars in debt by like 24 and got out of it. And now he's like one of the most famous business advisors there are, or Steve Sims. At the end of the day, Brett, it's about finding these people and just saying, okay, what is your daily ritual like? Like, what are you doing to create the optimal results? And how can we emulate even a sliver of that talent to grow? And that's why I love Shift. That's why I named it Shift Advanced Life Design, because we can design our own lives. We can make our lives better by small steps by looking at these people that are high achievers. And that's why I love having the magazine, so I can get that message out there.
0: No nah, man, you you and I are on the same path. So we're we kind of stumbled on it different ways. I thought that Vet tribe, thatpreneur tribe, excuse me, was yours because I I don't know. Um, anyone else? I guess you said a marine founded it, which is cool. It was pretty fun. So I post in there. I, I post links, and I'm going to post your own episode in there when it goes live too. So we're going to you know, snippets. You see me post there all the time, and you know I, I have we have the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass podcast, which is what this is, but we also have the group, and so I did a screenshot from our last Zoom group. And, you know, about 20 or so veterans there. And I said, hey, if you guys are serious about business, want to talk, let me know. And one guy's like, oh, Warrior Council or I think it's War- Warrior Council. Is that what you guys call it? this and that? I'm like, no, like, it could be called that, but it's it's just a group. And he's like, oh, and, and there was a little bit of a little bit of, hey, that's not us and you're not this. And I'm like, I, like, I'm not trying to sell ours Doesn't cost anything. I'm just letting people know I have it, you know, yeah. so I'm still learning the lay of the land of the group. And I try and see what's what's there. You know, the one thing I do, I'll share for all the veteran entrepreneurs out there in all the different Facebook groups. And I I try and follow about six or seven different veteran entrepreneur Facebook groups as well as LinkedIn. Is that stop pitching each other? <laughs> so many people just come in. Hey, I do this, and they just pitch each other, and they think the room is all just potential customers, and they're just going to buy because you're a veteran. And one guy today. I think I I saw a post he's like, Hey, help me meet my goal. I got to do 15 X. And I'm like, Hey dude, I'm just be transparent with you. No one gives a shit about you and your goals.
1: So there's a great analogy here. When I was a younger guy, I used to, if I liked a girl, I would give her my number and tell her to call me. Guess how many of them did. So if you show desperation and you show you're only out for yourself and you're not putting in any work or any value for anybody else, your sales are going to suck. And I, I wish more veterans would understand this. I'm a big fan. I'm going to go off on a very fast tangent. I'm a big fan of attraction marketing. And it means teaching my industry. It means showing the customer experience. It means I start talking shit like Ric Flair because I get out there and I say, this is what it's like working with Rob. This is, this, these are my clients. These are screenshots of their results. Oh, hey, another client on TV. Here we go. Doug Berry looks pretty good on uh, you know, Good Morning, South Carolina. And so attraction marketing is very, very real. I don't use ads I don't cold pitch. I don't talk to strangers unless it's just to greet them. I've never had to like do any type of outbound stuff. I only do attraction marketing. It's all inbound and it brings in uh, a lot of strangers because I'm really clear in my messaging. And this is where that veteran, whoever it is, needs to start re- rethinking his sales process, teach his industry, make some videos. Like you said, get familiar, create that trust, right? If you see my stupid face six times in a day, obviously you're going to subconsciously start thinking, wow, maybe this guy actually knows what he's talking about.
0: Well, a lot of it's dating advice and let's say you're failing miserably there. So (laughs) (laughs) I just bust your chops, dude, bust your chops. No, this is good. This has been good. And so I think a lot of veteran entrepreneurs could pick up a lot of knowledge from you. And so are you taking on new clients right now or talk about your own business? What's what's, what do you see the future of your business next 12 months and uh, 36 months?
1: Yeah. So what I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm booking out clients about a month, month and a half in advance, because what I'm realizing is that there's there's a lot more importance to strategy. And one thing I've really kicked ass at in 2023, industry magazines. Okay. So I create a database. I look up a client's industry. I create a database of all the specialized uh, reporters out there, all the blogs, all the industry magazines. And I send out pitches um, from my staff and we've gotten people placed in all kinds of magazines and it's really helped boost their business. Uh, in Ted Fox's case, oh my God, uh, he got, he got in like two magazines plus my own magazine. He's got four magazines pending a TV interview pending. He's negotiating a deal with general motors to make parts for them. Uh, he got a spot in the Texas state fair and he got a $60,000 order um, just from the stuff that I've been doing. And oh, so my, my results have been insane, but um I'm getting to the point now where, like you said, I need to have minimum pricing in the sense that I need to work with bigger companies because I realized something very important, Brett. I'm doing all the work that the big PR agencies are doing, and I'm getting equal or better results, except I'm not charging $12,000 a month like they are. It's time to up-level. It's time to upgrade. It's time to present myself a little bit more professionally. Uh, Once again, brand perception. And then upgrade my graphics. But the point is, um, you know, it, it's time to just work. I've done my goldfish. It's time to just work with really big salmon or really small whales. That's where I'm at right now. And, and I appreciate the fact that you, you said that about minimum pricing. That's such a reminder, dude. Nah,
0: it's so true. And so where I, I've gone... You know, I've got my my base fee is here, but the company's a certain size, my base fee is up here. But a lot of comp- smaller companies will be referred to me and I know they could be there. There's not there today. So I will still humbly, if I see the growth potential and they're good human beings, yeah, I discount my standard fee 66% just to allow them in as long as they've got growth potential. I do that. And, and my 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 starting level is still higher than most most full level, put it that way. And, but I, what I have done with veterans, because it's my altruistic mission, too, to give back in the podcast, in the podcast, you know as this podcast grows, we have more membership and we get sponsorship. The goal is to continue to support my altruistic mission, which is helping stem the tide of veteran suicide. So as the podcast grows, we get more brand, we get more recognition, we get sponsorship. There's my obviously my financial obligation with anyone in business. this This is a cost, right? So I just wanna break even financially, but anything beyond my time, I'm willing to always invest my time. And that's something that sacrifices the rest of my business, but they're not mutually exclusive, they're intertwined. So once we're at a certain point, this podcast and the YouTube channel, all additional revenue that generates is going to support the Battle Buddy Foundation, which is helping veterans with PTSD not effing shoot themselves. You know, that's the altruistic mission here. And then so for myself, i i'll just throw it out there because i i never plug myself my own podcast and everyone's like you need to start you need to add a commercial <laughs> and you just start sponsoring your own podcast so people know what the hell you do besides just like have phenomenal interviews but for any veteran entrepreneur or, or a veteran executive you want to work with us it was like oh we can't afford you dude i just say pay us whatever you feels fair yeah yeah there's i have a no asshole rule you can't be an asshole but pay us whatever you feels fair if you're a good dude that still makes me feel good, right? So for veterans that are out there that are wondering if they can afford a true financial advisor with 20 years experience, that's so working with very large companies, you wanna work with me personally, the potential's there. And if you're a good human being, all right, just know our normal fee is one thing, but just pay us whatever you feel is fair. I'm not gonna work for free, don't say zero. do Don't That would be put you in the, in the A rule. We don't want you in that room, stay out of the room, but that's kind of what what I do to give back to help veterans. So besides a podcast, besides the group, besides the YouTube channel for veterans who engage us for wealth management and or business consulting, we just say, hey, dude, just be cool and pay us whatever feels fair. And I'd rather that person have a phenomenal experience and they tell three or four of their friends about us. That's how I love to grow. So I never, yes, if I'm doing a certain, I have my master technician hat on and I'm rocking and roll and I'm providing massive value because I do it all day long. And it's easy for me. I'm up here, but if you're cool and you're easy going, the, the teacher helper in me, come on board, dude. I'll, I'll I'll bring you along, just be cool and just pay us whatever you feel is fair. So that's what I've kind of done. I know as you're looking, you're trying to figure out where to go with your own growth as you're building your success, what your model should be. I was, I was kind of sharing some mentorship with you. That's what I've done. So I've got like, hey, I'm gonna rock and roll and I'm up here. If you're not quite there yet, but you will be there, I'm here so we'll grow together, right? Because at the end of the day, commas and zeros, whether a company's 40k I mean, literally the investment, whether there's got a thousand or a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars in one fund, it's commas and zeros. I do the same work. So <laughs> that's why we could, at a certain point, we have a flat fee too. So I love to find companies where their advisors charging more and more and more as a plan grows. Are they doing more work? No. Well, they told us they're taking on more fiduciary liability. I'm like, they're selling you <laughs> and they're ripping you off and they're gouging you. There's no need yeah. for that so I can go on a whole nother... I should do that, Giselle. You need to make a tangent about what the hell you do and how you help and just get that out there. So maybe we'll do a live stream someday with my technical hat on and to have companies stop getting ripped off by 401k advisors who aren't passionate about them or their business. So I could do that too. But so you're triggering me. So this is a good episode. I think, yeah. And we've talked about doing some stuff together. I'll just say it form in the podcast. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to gauge you for uh, some help. A couple of things I'm doing. I think you're an awesome dude. Like this wasn't planned. We didn't know each other. There's no script today. And I love it. So why don't you bring it on home? If someone's to find you and work with you, Rob, how do they find you?
1: Yeah. Uh, the fastest way is probably on Facebook. Just throw me a message. Uh, you can look up Rob, the warrior strategist for my business page. I don't have a centralized website. Um, or you can reach out to me at editor at shiftlifedesign.com. Um, if you want to read the magazine for free, it is shiftlifedesign.com. There's lots of great uh interviews in there, lots of information.
0: Um shiftlifedesign.com. shiftlifedesign.com. And they can is there like contact me there? They can reach you just by going there?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's direct contact, but just, you know, you can google me. I'm I'm like four pages of google. I've been interviewed a lot, so there's there's a bunch of ways to reach me, but uh, I offer free 15 minute consults and I'm not going to try to sell you anything. If you reach out to me, it's just more to, you know, figure out what you need. And if I have some free resources, I'll offer those too. Same way as you, man. I, I like, I, I realize that I have a lot of power, both paid and unpaid and a lot of resources. And I can, you know, when I get on a call with somebody, I, I look at their need and pain point versus my zone of genius. And then if it meshes negotiate price, that's how, that's how I do sales calls. It's yeah,
0: for- I think it's smart, man. So, anyone wants to reach out again? Do you have a Do you have a phone number you th- throw out there ever, or just just an email is the best way to reach you, or the or through the Shift magazine?
1: Uh,
0: finding me on Facebook. Best Find you to- on Facebook. Yeah, okay, Robert, say, say
1: Robert Garcia or Rob Warrior
0: Strategist. Rob, the Warrior Strategist, on Facebook. So, this has been a phenomenal episode. I, what I think would be great: another six months, have you back, kind of see where you are, see where I am, and just kind of take take a version two of this. How, how does that sound? Yeah, that sounds awesome, dude. Thank you. Awesome, man. And then any other, Does anything else st- still in the top of your mind before we shut it down? Any kind of parting advice for any veteran entrepreneurs that you think you uh, would like to share?
1: I just want to say, don't try and do not try and do everything at the beginning in the sense that invest in both the external skills and the internal. You and I talked about the external, which is like uh, you know writing copy and website stuff and, and whatever skills, but internal mindset also important learning how to get rid of a poverty mindset, learning how to be more uh, mentally tough, things like that, you know, get a personal development coach, get somebody that can really help you with the soft skills as well, the internals.
0: I think that's great feedback and I've got them, right? They're in in our group, right? Which probably in your group too. So all my group, I've told them to go in the Vetpreneur tribe. And so when I post and tag people, I I want to tag my group in your group too. So we've got coaches, we've got everything. So if you're a veteran entrepreneur, and you want to be supported and you're open to also supporting, reach out to myself as well. I'm Brett at SWE90.com. That's Brett, short for Strategic Wealth endeavor 90com And if you're a veteran entrepreneur, you're a good human being, you want to support and you want to help be support 10 in your business, reach out to This has been a phenomenal episode, Rob. I love it. Let's get together in six months. How's that sound? Thanks, Brett. It sounds All great, right, brother. Love you. Out. See you.